spend my dollar. It's not about what you want, it's about what you're willing to do to get it. Run it again. Hello and welcome. I'm not going to, so quit asking. When you give me a hard time. For the listeners that didn't get to go. This is the payback. What you did last year really doesn't matter. Our goal is to have the kind of team that nobody wants to play. Hi. Hello and welcome to a depth chart edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. 66 to 10 over Chattanooga. That sounds about right. And hey, that is not a knock on the mocks who made their playoff something Alabama is still trying to sort out. No, 66 to 10 is a signal. Alabama is on a mission, focused on the target, not distracted from the goal, while also not looking past anyone, even the first-rounders in town for a photo op. In their honor, let's get on with it. Jalen Milrow was again electric, demonstrating his talent and progress even against an inferior opponent. Uh, Milrow was 13 of 16 on the day, 11 consecutive completions to start that's challenging against air 197 yards three touchdowns passing short passes long passes touch passes everything was on display a little bit of running uh certainly at the alabama coaching staff dialed back the rushing that they wanted milro to do there's absolutely no reason for him to get banged up uh and knocked out against utc uh, Alabama has a full stable of running backs. Uh, we'll talk about those uh, in a minute. And so quarterback rushes were at a little bit of a premium, especially for Milrow, uh, which makes a lot of sense. That's that's the way you would want that to play out. Alabama ended up ended up playing three quarterbacks on the day. Uh, again, just uh, share the wealth of opportunity. Alabama was up 21, 21 to nothing in the in the first quarter. So let's rotate uh, some stock or rotate some staff, if you will, from uh, not just the quarterback position, but up and down the roster. And Alabama played a lot of boys on Saturday. So two other quarterbacks, Ty Simpson, uh, continued to show his improvement. Again, we do see it. He doesn't play quite as often, nearly as often as Milrow, but it is good to see that he is progressing. And so when he steps on the field, he certainly is progressing. Ty Simpson was four of six on the day, 50 yards passing. He had one rush for 78 yards, and damn it, he wished he had one rush for 79 yards. He dropped that, uh, dropped the football uh, right at about the one-foot line uh, as he crossed the goal line. I did not have Tyler Simpson for the longest rush, uh, quarterback rush, on the season. I didn't have that on my bingo card, so there's still an opportunity. I guess Milrow can top that, but Ty Simpson certainly showed uh, off the wheels. Maybe just uh, a little uh, extra effort there on the judgment judgment carry that uh, ball into the end zone. Uh, I like the TV screen when you see the replay and Saban's getting the news and Ty Simpson's right behind him. And Ty Simpson's not watching the replay board. He's watching Saban. And Saban just gets it, nods his head, does a little sort of quarter turn, and uh, I think uh, that's all Simpson needed to, to get the message. Uh, also, like Saban in the presser, where he said, do I even really need to address that? And, uh, of course, you don't. You like to see other teams make that mistake so you can lose use it as a learning opportunity for your team. But uh, Ty Simpson still made the mistake. So I think that message certainly hammered home for Alabama. And uh, as someone said in the stands, I bet against Auburn, Everyone who scores a touchdown will hand the ball to the official. There'll be no screwing around. 
and I uh, certainly hope that's true. Third quarter quarterback came in, and uh, we were sort of pontificating who would that be. I thought for sure it'd be Tyler Buckner. Uh, we talked a little bit about, hey, a little payoff for him coming to Alabama, even if he is going to transfer out, and I do think he probably does transfer out. But no, didn't, uh, Dylan Lonergan, true freshman, uh, stepped up. And uh, he was 2 of 2 for only 12 yards. Again, at that point in the game, uh, Alabama was not going to chuck it down the field. But the fact that Dylan did come in, look, Dylan had a really good A day. There were some, uh, uh, there was some speculation had it, had there been a longer runway in fall camp that he may have competed one, uh, for one of the first two spots. That's a tough hill to climb. But uh, the fact that he's number three in the depth chart now, uh, apparently officially, that's a lot of progress for a true freshman, uh, especially given sort of the the log jam and uncertainty that was ahead of him. So it looks like all three of our top three quarterbacks have progressed uh, over the over the, the season, and that's certainly certainly something to see. All right, let's talk about running backs. We teased at the depth. All five scholarship backs had carries, most with touchdowns. So Jamarian Miller had six carries for 77 yards. Uh, he leads the uh, leads the group with yards. He had a long of 45, which was a really nice scamper. Jace McClellan also had six carries, but 62 yards. Uh, he redeemed one of those for a touchdown. His long was 28. Roydell was 7 of 52 touchdown. Uh, his long is 15, so a little more shorter space there with uh, with his carries. Uh, but he had a, a, a good day as well. There was, one, uh, there was one point in the game where Alabama was on the goal line and Jamarian Miller was in the backfield, and Roy Dale tried to rush out. It looked like Alabama was about the, uh, the, the, the five, and uh, Roy Dale tried to rush out there and sort of swap out, and, and Jam said, nope, I'm in. And uh, so Roy Dale, uh, he was definitely smelling what they were cooking down at that end of the field, but uh, wasn't able to get him, uh, get him a taste. Uh, and, and, in fact, neither did Jam. Touchdown went to another player we'll talk about uh, here in a minute. Justice Haynes had five carries for 42 yards. He cashed in for two touchdowns and had a nice long run of 33. He continues to look more and more comfortable on the field as if that's where he's supposed to be. And I think he is going to be uh, a feature back uh, before too long. It's not likely this season given where the team is, but uh, as we go into 24, it'd be hard to, hard not to pencil, uh, to pencil Justice in as a feature back, even with Jam Miller having the success that he is. Uh, Richard Young received two carries, only two yards, but one was a touchdown, so it was good to see uh, the young man uh, get some action there. Nice physical, hit the hole, ran over a defender, and was able to score a touchdown for Alabama. It's going to be interesting to, to see what Richard does with more time on campus and less of a log jam ahead of him. Uh, I'm not going to project too far out, uh, but Jace and Roydell are both uh, at the end of their traditional time on campus. And so if they both rotate out, uh, let's pause for a minute on who may come in from a recruiting standpoint. But if we go from five scholarship backs to three scholarship backs, all three of those players are going to get a lot of reps uh, as we get into A-Day. Again, we're looking around a significant corner, uh, but I think uh, I like the three that, that we know will be back, plus whatever we add, and I think that'll give Richard Young an opportunity to sort of catch up uh, with the others, and it'll be interesting to see how that competition unfolds. We will say a lot of words about that as we get closer and closer, uh, but just a, a thought, you know, to to put out there. These are the games where we see the youngsters get to play. 
And so it sort of inspires us to have those types of uh, interesting thoughts, if you will. Uh, wide receivers, non-receivers uh, caught passes. I didn't go back and dissect uh, who, which ones were Milrow versus the others. That's okay. We don't need to go back and necessarily overanalyze that. But there, non, there were non-receivers or pass catchers that, uh, that received passes, so that was nice. Uh, Jermaine Burton was back in action. He had three for 105, one uh, touchdown. He had a long play, first play of the game, 56 yards. Almost uh, went for a touchdown, could have, maybe should have gone uh, in for a touchdown. Burton was running it at a, at a pretty good clip, pretty good angle towards the about the three-yard line and caught the pass and just went out of bounds. And if he had maybe just another yard, he could have adjusted and got in for the end zone. And there for a moment, for just a moment, I thought, I, I thought Jermaine Burton has paid a pretty heavy touchdown tax this season. Uh, early in the season, there were three or four uh, touchdowns that he should have had that uh, were lost due to penalty. And in this touchdown, I thought, boy, he's going to lose this touchdown uh, for just a little bit. He could have gotten it into the end zone. But two plays later, Milrow did hit Burton for the touchdown. And again, we talk about the progress of, of Milrow. Uh, you know, throwing down the field, the downfield passing, letting the receiver sort of basket catch run under it, uh, that was that was Milrow's sort of forte early in the season. And look, he still has that capability. I think his ball placement uh, is a little bit better. But the short intermediary uh, passes are significantly improved and passing in traffic. So Alabama had the ball at the at the five, the six, the four, wherever it was specifically located. To throw a pass in that that close to the goal line, a real compressed, real condensed field, defenders, uh, defenders are, are really close, a lot of traffic. Uh, he very comfortably threw that for a touchdown. That's not a pass I would feel very comfortable uh, about him making uh, early in the season. It's not a pass I feel comfortable with just about any quarterback making. But Milrow Saturday made it look natural, easy, and that's certainly representative. Uh, it's just a, a slice of the improvement pie that we're getting from Milrow. And that is a pie that tends to grow uh, or seemingly grows week to week to week. Uh, Malik Benson had three catches, uh, which is his high on the season. I said last week that I don't know that if he was averaging uh, or if he had, in fact, uh, caught a pass in every game. And you know what he has? I looked at that as, as I was looking at these stats, and he has a lot of games where he's only caught one, but he has caught at least one in every game, uh, which puts him averaging more than one uh, on the season. But Saturday was a high mark for him. He had three uh, three receptions, uh, 23 yards, and he reeled in a touchdown, which uh, was really nice. Glad to see that maybe Benson's on something of an upward uh, traje uh, trajectory. Uh, again, he had a, a nice play last week and the three catches and the touchdown Saturday. Look forward to seeing a lot more of that. Uh, Isaiah Bond had four catches. That's the, uh, the most catches or most receptions, 23 yards. I like the little touch pass or little end-around pass that uh, he's participating in. I like the attacking the sidelines in, a, in, a, in addition to being able to tack downfield. This is an Alabama team that earlier in the season we thought, how are they going to move the ball? Now all of a sudden this Alabama team looks like it can attack every blade of grass. That's pretty important, especially as we get into some of the more fierce uh, defensive teams. Ball game, certainly. SEC championship, certainly. And then we'll go from there. But the more of the field you can make the defenders uh, have to defend, then the better opportunity you have to, to catch your receivers open. So uh, Alabama seems to have morphed 
in in that way, which is outstanding. And then Robbie Oots, he had one reception for a touchdown, and that was uh, his first uh, career touchdown. Malik Benson's obviously his uh, at Alabama, his first career uh, touchdown as well. So it's good to see those. Uh, offensive line, another solid game. Uh, I don't want to call out uh, a number of players as much as you'd at this point. You'd almost have to call all of them out. Uh, Dalkert played uh, much earlier in the game, uh, which is good to see him get some action. Certainly a reward for him. And then Alabama went really deep uh, into the bench. bench. And at one point, it looked like it was sort of a hockey line change. And it was a, fru- a true freshman lineup, with the, expe- uh, with the exception of the Brockmeyer kid at center. So that's fun. Uh, that's fun to see. Uh, a lot of speculation on what the line's going to look like next year. We're not going to do that today, although in the sands we did, some, uh, did spend some time talking about that. Many game balls. We're going to do, in a game like this, we're going to give a lot of balls out, and we're going to be a little bit of sentimental about it. Uh, so we're going to go Malik Benson and Robbie Oots uh, for their first career touchdowns. Uh, salute uh, to those gentlemen. Cole Adams and Danny Lewis had their first catches uh, for Alabama, and certainly that was uh, fun to see. So glad to see some of the youngsters get in, get their chance. These are the players that are going to lead the team in the future. This is what we talk about, and so it's good to see some of them rise to the occasion. Let's flip the field, uh, as we do, and talk about defense. Alabama defense I thought was outstanding uh, on the day. A couple of busts, uh, allowing the 10 points. But on the day, I thought Alabama played very, very well. They held the moccasins to 4 of 14 on third downs. Uh, there's a lot of other stats that we could get into. I want to hit some of the players. And I also want to emphasize that the defense, again, had a really good day without Deontay Lawson. Uh, he, he was uh, he sat out this game without Jalen Key also sat out this game, and with Chris Braswell getting called for targeting in the first half. As an Alabama fan, uh, it was a physical hit. I don't think the hit itself was as physical as uh, Dallas Turner's hit. Uh, maybe just the the placement he was looking, seeing what he hit, uh, but there was a just a little bit of helmet to helmet contact. Uh, Braswell did almost everything right, and this one was called for targeting, whereas the Turner one was not. You could make a case, I guess, sort of either way. I guess the breaking news on that, or the good news on that, is that it happened in the first half, so Braswell set out the rest of the game, a game that we didn't necessarily have to have him. Uh, I don't know how long, how much more he would have played just anyways, Uh, and so that gave a couple of the youngsters an opportunity to get snaps earlier in the game and then Braswell has uh, satisfied his punitive requirements and he'll be back for the Auburn game and so that's good he's not going to miss any time in that game let's talk about some other individual players again we're not going to talk about a whole litany uh, just I'm not going to just necessarily read the box score but let's let's call out a couple of individual players Jahid uh, Campbell uh, was in on 10 tackles had a pass deflection continues to develop does Campbell into a really strong player. I suspect that he's going to be star, be a star in uh, future seasons. Uh, Caleb Downs was in on seven tackles and uh, as well had a pass deflection. Uh, he was out of position on a play, and he drew the ire of Saban uh, at one point. But Caleb Downs continues to perform 
and just his confidence is just off the charts. You forget that he's a freshman. To, to say that he's in the mold of uh, Minka Fitzpatrick his freshman year, I think is accurate. I'm not comparing him saying he's as good or better or whatever, but the trajectory, the path that he's taken to be this talented this early in the career that you just forget that it's a freshman in the secondary. They're playing so dang well. That's Caleb Downs. It, it, it exactly is. Uh, Christian Story uh, had himself a nice day, uh, a nice break on the ball for an interception. Uh, his play has significantly improved, I think, uh, the last couple of weeks. He does have lapses, and he does still have you know some, some room to improve, uh, as do we all. But Christian Story, the more reps he gets, uh, we talk about this before, the more opportunity to be on the field, the more comfortable he presents himself as being on the field. And Christian Story is certainly uh, on a trajectory there. If I had to equate him, I don't know why this sort of popped in my head, but if I had to sort of map him to a prior player, I might say someone like a Robert Lester. Again, the path. Robert Lester came in with acclaimed players. I think he played high school with Julio and uh, was still at Alabama two, maybe even three years after Julio left uh, with the red shirt and such. And Robert Lester came on late in his career, he knew the formations. He knew the plays. He knew where to align. His athleticism may maybe had a peak, but he was able to contribute. In that last year, uh, he performed very, very well. Well, Christian Story may be on a similar path. Uh, again, he continues to, to look uh, very comfortable on the field, and it could be that Christian Story next year is a more stable player, a more steady and stable contributor. And uh, guess what? That's exactly what Robert Lester was as a senior, as a fifth-year senior. So it'll be interesting to see if that parallel uh, continues through. I want to call, call out uh, Devonta Smith. Uh, in on four tackles, but he was in the game. And Devonta has missed most of the season with various injuries. And so the fact that he was out on the field was phenomenal to see. He had an opportunity to compete with some of the transfers for uh, a starting spot in in the nickel or maybe in as the dime player, and it just didn't quite pan out, especially with his injuries. But he's come back, played really, really well, and uh, it'd be interesting to see if, if maybe Smith and Story combine at those safety positions next year because, again, they're both uh, uniquely talented, and uh, it would be great to see them sort of blossom uh, as they get in the, sort of the latter stages of their career. Many game ball. I'm going to go big names, but the contribution that they make just just gets overlooked. Uh, too often it gets uh, overlooked. Uh, Terry and Arnold and Malachi Moore, they did not light up the stat sheet on Saturday. Uh, they both performed well. Uh, they didn't light up, you know, like I said, light up the uh, score sheet. But what they do and what they did on the, what they do sort of every week and what they did on Saturday uh, continues to be impressive. They move around a lot. They shuffle around a lot from corner to star, from star to strong safety, depending upon you know the formations and who Alabama is bringing in and what the injury situation is. Uh, they know the system so well that they can be so versatile that it's fun to just come and it's fun to just watch them move around a little bit and really have no drop down, uh, you know, sort of down loss of skill or, or effectiveness in their play. Uh, there's no drop uh, when when they come in, and and so in addition to that, also 
what's happening is they are directing traffic in the secondary. I see Malachi do it more than Tarion, but Tarion does it as well, uh, where they're directing the players where they're lining up. Uh, when there's motion, they're sort of che- do, you know helping with the checks and pointing, and you know that just kind of gets lost, right? You don't. There's no. Not, there's not a stat for that, but. Um, Without question, they're contributing to the defense. The coaches see it, and that helps them earn a spot and maintain their spots in the secondary. You can guarantee NFL teams see that. And uh, if you can tell every, if you're moving positions and you're telling players in positions even that you've never played, say like a corner uh, for Malachi, for example, but you're helping sort of with the checks and the lineup, that means you know the system pretty dang well. And uh, certainly then if you execute on top of that, you've made yourself a very valuable player with your knowledge, your versatility, and your just outright skill. And I think Terry and Arnold and Malachi Moore are equating themselves quite well in that regard. All right, let's talk special teams. Will Reichert, uh, the Will Watch, the Will Watch continues. Uh, one field goal, a 50-yarder. Man, he boomed one. And nine PAT, so he netted 12 points on the day, which is phenomenal. Will Reichert is 10 points away from the all-time points leader, so nine to tie, and 10 for the for the lead. Uh, Alabama plays uh, Auburn, Georgia, and a bowl game, and if Alabama makes the playoffs, then potentially two bowl games. So there's three known games that Alabama will play, and a potential fourth game that Alabama will play. So again, it's math. 10 divided by 3 is 3 and a third. 10 divided by 4 is 2 and a quarter, or 2 and a half, rather. It is math, and I struggle, uh, it appears, as well. But uh, point being, it's not an astronomical pace that Reichert needs to maintain. He scored 12 points Saturday. It only needs 10. Now, I don't know that Alabama racks up 66 against Auburn, although that would uh, that would be a fun day. Uh, but point is, Will can make a significant uh, stride against that 12 on uh, on Saturday, uh, especially if it's especially if it's uh, field goals. Now, I like the PATs. Let's rack us up about 12 touchdowns these next two weeks. That'd be great. Uh, but field goals uh, they count as well. So again, no jinx, but it looks like Will Reichert is on a comfortable pace. Uh, comfortably positioned to get it. So we'll see how that goes. James Burnup had two punts for 89 yards, uh, 44 and a half yard average. He had a long of 44. The stat sheet last week, I, I, I kind of want to do a correction here, and I kind of want to put an asterisk even on my correction. Uh, last week I said Burnup punted once and Roll Reichert punted twice. Uh, ESPN continued to uh, reflect that. In fact, one of the listeners said that didn't sound right, and they went and looked and said, yeah, that's on there, but I still don't think it's right. And I'm thinking, I'm not sure that it's right either because there was no media uh, that spoke to it. No articles, no questions, no nothing, which suggests that it didn't happen. It could just be that the ESPN stat sheet was not right. And it wouldn't be the first time, especially for punters. I don't know what it is about the punting, uh, but uh, sometimes that's not always uh, the most accurate. So James Burnup uh, looked really good Saturday and certainly uh, booted some balls. We're very happy. Uh, with the performance that he's providing to us this season, uh, let's talk about punt returns. And uh, you know, we, you know, we got to spend a minute talking about punt returns with sort of how that unfolded on Saturday. Kool Aid uh, fumbled a punt, dropped a punt. He was able. There, there was a recovery. Uh, Alabama maintained possession of the ball, and then uh, and then Caleb Downs took over at punt return duties. And of course, he immediately proceeded to return one for 85 yards for a touchdown, which is super exciting. 
as soon as he sort of hit the shoot, as Saban said, uh, he was gone for a touchdown. Uh, I like how Saban sort of called him out for holding the ball out there. Saban mentioned in the postgame presser that uh, that uh, Caleb Downs is going to have a learning opportunity relative to that. So uh, I'm sure there was some fun conversation there. But uh, the athleticism and the contribution that Caleb Downs uh, contributes uh, continues to be uh, just off the charts, unexpected, and phenomenal. Uh, there was a question, and I thought this is a great question. I like this. I, I, like, I don't want to get caught up in a double standard. Sometimes I am. I don't want to. And so let's think about this. The question was raised. You don't want Kool-Aid out uh, returning punts because he's a starter. So are you okay with Caleb Downs back there returning punts because he's a starter? You can't have it both ways. You got to, you know, it's one way or the other. No double standards here. And I think, well, that's interesting. And so philosophically, I agree. I don't know that I necessarily want any of my starters uh, out returning on on special teams so aggressively uh, a position where they can get hurt. We all have uh, sort of flashbacks to Eddie Jackson and how that negatively impacted uh, Alabama that season. Though, I'll qualify. I've just said I'd rather not have any starter do that. Now I'm going to qualify that a little bit. The cornerback is a more valued position than a strong safety. And so at some point you say, I'll pay this price, but I won't pay that price for anything, a car, a piece of property, a hamburger. I'll pay this price, but I won't pay that price. And so if the price to pay is the potential injury to a strong safety versus the potential injury to a corner, Well, those are two different price points. Uh, Even though we enjoy both players, we don't root for injury at all. Uh, So that's certainly one thing. Would I rather Caleb not be back there? Yeah, probably so. Uh, I might go like your number three receiver. Now, technically, that's a starter, uh, but that's a different price point. That's a different price point than than, uh, your potential offer, your freshman All-America starting, you know, strong safety. And so I think there's a sliding scale. Uh, You can't, if you're a starter... And especially the way Alabama defines starters at all the different positions, we've talked about there being, you know, not 11 starters on a given side of the ball, but 15 or 16, depending upon how you rotate it up. Uh, And then you take both of those on, you know, for the defense, you'd be well down your roster putting a starter at the kick return or a non-starter at the at the kick return. So I think you have to measure in the position they play and the relative value of that position cornerback is more important than a strong safety uh, a strong safety is probably probably more important than your number three or number four wide receiver uh, a backup at the um, maybe your maybe your dime back which technically is a starter in the in the secondary maybe that person relative value of positions we're not talking about people and individuals but just the relative contribution from a position uh, maybe your your dime safety or your dime uh, defensive back is not as valuable as maybe your third wide, wide receiver, your number three uh, wide receiver. So uh, so I think there's a, a sliding scale there. I'd rather have Caleb return them, returning them than Kool-Aid if their performance is the same because of the relative value of the positions, although I still put Caleb on a line that's above war, the price that I'd like to pay. I'd like to pay maybe a little lower price, price potential on injury. Uh, than Caleb. So 
That's my two cents on that. I'd love to hear some comments and feedback on that because that sounds like a fun topic. The way I unpacked it there and then potentially sort of uh, the conversation that can spawn from that. So I bet you we spend some time on that on Saturday Zoom and sign up and uh, you can be a part of the uh, action there. So there you go. Uh, kick returns. Uh, Kendrick Law had a 33-yarder and uh, Danny Lewis had a 14-yarder and Robbie Oots had, a, had an 11-yarder. Uh, the two, uh, well, the two tight ends, or I'm going to say tight end and fullback. It's just the way I roll. But Danny's and uh, Robbie's were more squib kicks, and so they were more in an up-back position. Uh, they were able to field the ball and uh, gain some yards there. Uh, there I had probably little uh, expectation that either of them would break it, but there's that moment when you get, you know, 111 yards and 114 yards. There's that split second where you think this could be interesting. And uh, so it's that in, in both cases, it set Alabama up in phenomenal position. Uh, Kendrick, Law, Kendrick Law's 33-yard return out to the 33-yard, so uh, technically about an 8-yard game if you discount from the 25. I, I will reason that there's a point at which I will award full value. If you return it end zone to end zone, should you only be credited with 75? Uh, in the strictest interpretation of my ruling, Yes. How though I will allow for some clawback and gosh, this probably is a, a terrible in terms of racking stats, but for everything you gain above the 25, we'll give you one back. And so it was an eight yard return, but you know, there's eight yards beyond the 25. And so you maybe double that eight to 16. So I, I'm okay with some clawback there, but then just keeping up with stat tracking would just be a nightmare. So maybe you just, maybe you don't do that. Maybe that was just an eight yard return. Uh, it wasn't egregious, uh, as we've seen before. And, uh, again, he got it out across and almost a first down across what would have been given. So um, hats off. All right, next up, Alabama travels to Auburn Saturday. And uh, that's always an exciting game. And um, it's a weird place to go. I'll just say that. But uh, should be a good game on Saturday. There is the potential that this is a letdown game uh, for Alabama. And, you know, Auburn did what they did against New Mexico State. And the following week, Alabama plays Georgia. And so if you sort of equate those, you could say, or sort of, you know, use those all sort of in the decision-making rubric, you could say that maybe maybe Alabama looks past Auburn because they just look like they've sort of given up on the season. And then plus we've got Georgia. I just don't think this Alabama team does that. Alabama had an opportunity to demonstrate a little bit of letdown against Kentucky and rolled. Alabama had an opportunity to show a little bit of letdown in UTC, and they just rolled. There appears to be no letdown in this team. And so traveling to Auburn, I don't think they're going to be thinking about the Georgia game. I think they're going to be so focused on the opponent in front of them and the opponent in front of them is their, is the own best example of paying attention to what you have to pay attention to. Auburn's loss to New Mexico State was embarrassing, as they say. And so I project that this game is likely a 42-10 to 10 style game. Alabama comes out, puts their foot on, a, on Auburn's throat, and maintains that. Auburn will have some success, but Alabama will have significantly more. Uh, and... It will persist throughout the contest uh, as they are not looking ahead to the following week. At least not till they get back in that locker room. And uh, 
start traveling back to Tuscaloosa. All right, here's what we're going to do at the end. Uh, we're going to we're going to land this uh, this plane. Seriously, I'm going to go a little bit maybe sappy here. Look, truly, happy Thanksgiving. And if you're listening to this, like, of course, you know, if you're listening to this, this, this with everything I've got, thank you. I so appreciate it. It is uh, greatly appreciated, the fact that uh, you take time out of your schedule, take time out of your day to listen to a guy talk about Alabama football. And uh, so appreciate that. If you are feeling similarly and want to reciprocate, I'd say, hey, hit your iTunes or your podcast player. Uh, leave me a five-star review. I so appreciate those. Or just drop me an email and uh, say happy Thanksgiving. That'd be great. I'd love to interact with you, uh, as many of you as uh, possibly can. In the meantime, what do we do? We roll tide. Thanks for listening to the Alabama Football Podcast. We love that you're tuned in and hope that you enjoyed the show. We encourage you to reach out and let us know what you like, where we can improve, or just to shout out a roll tide. We are where you are iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, email newsletters, t shirts, free roster downloads, and of course, on the web at alabamafootballpodcast.com. Check us out where you'll find easy links to your favorite way to follow the tie. Got that, coach? Of course. Roll tie. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.